0: Hey, everybody.
1: Hey.
2: We're live in Salt Lake's beautiful Salt Lake City. (laughs) It's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Chris,
0: filling in for Dan, who is traveling the world this week. (laughs) As he's prone to do. Well, coming up on today's episode, uh, we have an interview with Christopher Johnson about his upcoming book, A Better Life, uh, 100 Atheists Speak Out. On joy and meaning in a world without God, so that'll be coming up later. Um, and uh, yeah, in the meantime, we should kind of get to know this this new guest host, uh, a dear friend of mine, Chris, longtime
2: listener, first what? time guest hoster. <laughs> By the way, that's a jazzy little fizzle,
0: isn't that? Isn't that, isn't that good? Oh, yeah. oh my God, we love <laughs> we love our intro music and on TGI A. Hey. Well, Chris, uh tell us just so the listeners uh all know who you are and kinda your worldview. And to be clear, this is not the Chris who wrote a book. No. This is uh somebody I've known for years. Um it just just occurred to me that that might be confusing. Um but yeah, um tell tell us tell us a little bit about yourself, tell us who you are, tell you tell us um maybe are you an atheist, Chris? Oh
2: you're <laughs> asking me. <laughs> to come out of the closet.
0: Yes, yes.
2: Um well I'm uh I'm not uh ooh, yeah. Okay. That might be a problem for our for our podcast. Uh, well, okay. Well, <laughs> let me explain. Okay. Fine podcast listeners. Um uh I would describe myself as um probably a medium strong agnostic. Okay.
0: So what what does that mean for you though? Like, well, how do, okay. How so does that work in sort of your real world view of well, like? In my real world view of the cosmos
2: is I uh, do not believe in a personal god. Mm, okay. I do not believe in a man, a magic man who mm. watches me masturbate. Right. Okay. <laughs> cloud front. So Okay. Good. Uh, you don't believe in a kinky god. No. 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 Okay. Um. But I. Well. I. I believe in, um, well, you know, I was kind of saying to you that I believe that it, it's not even something that anyone can know. Hmm. It, it's almost beyond even, uh, it's, on, it's beyond even any comprehension, you know, right. if you were to uh, acknowledge that our understanding of the cosmos is, you know, if anything is true of what we do know about... Uh, like dark matter and things like that. Basically, right. science is telling us that we know barely. It's generous to suggest we know ten percent about the universe. Sure. So there's but so slowly much. Our,
0: our our understanding will increase through the oh, through sure. the centuries and Indeed. hopefully millennia Indeed. more in yes. existence. Right. Right. I mean, so I mean, it, it's more that like. So for you, it's almost a, a deist sort of perception yeah, it's kind of, of, of the I, universe where it's like god is on there there's this unexplainable mystery that's on the fringes mm-hmm. and we keep pushing that that fringe back further and further in, in the space Absolutely. for but also mystery opening, which could be some kind of whatever who yeah. knows what it is right keeps getting smaller
2: well and in a way we even open up more mysteries as we as we open, you know, push well, that back, true. we open up more. And you know, there was a philosopher um, writer named Sam Keen, um, and the way he described it, I don't know if he was the one who coined this term, but he said it, it's an un uh, an unnamed and an unknowable God, or it was unknow unknown and unknowable, hmm. something to that effect. That it's it's not even worth debating whether or not this personal god exists well,
0: it almost seems like to me though like hearing people talk about this unknowable mm-hmm. god who is completely disconnected from any kind of like like ability or desire to be known or whatever mm-hmm. right like it's just this thing that's not, it leaves me just going well why spend even a moment of time thinking about that god Or even the possibility of that god right like it's like like and and because like yeah i'm like okay well we you are correct we don't know what's out beyond that wherever that line is of of uh known universe and unknown universe right Mm -hmm. i mean i care that the line keeps getting pushed back and that we end up knowing more and more and more so i'm not saying that that we shouldn't like try to discover mystery. Oh no, I yeah, you I'm know. all
2: for that. But by the but, same but time like, I
0: I I don't have a need to fill that mystery with anything other than it could be known someday. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. So
2: Well, and 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 it's I mean it's tricky because you know our our friend Dan has um probably said of some, the podcast of the podcast. <laughs> uh he has said, you know, I mean he's kind of taken a critical stance of of agnosticism
0: in the past well i think his thing is that we're all agnostic if we were mm. all being truly honest mm-hmm. I, I think that i think i remember that being kind of his stance well and, and I mean, you we know, did find something on the blog mm, where yeah. he said something totally different right but that was several <laughs> that years was ago years so ago. no i think his his stance is very much that um i think that's what he said So what I take exception to is,
2: um, I guess, you know, there's the concepts of strong atheism and weak atheism. And Mm -hmm. it's the the strong atheism is the one that I take the most exception to because it's, um, you know, it's basically fanatical fundamentalist atheism in the sense that if you believe in a magic man in the clouds... Then you know I'm going to mock that belief, and and you know it's tricky. It's I'm a, fine it's a, mocking the belief. Well, oh yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. fun to just you know poke fun, but it but you know it's one thing if you hold those beliefs and they don't, you know, y- they don't affect other people. Mm, it's right. it's another thing when you're in a position of power and you're going to you know make somebody's life miserable because mm-hmm. of your belief in a magic man, and so. But the thing I find the most ironic is that you know the the strong atheists are they're basically attacking people for a literal interpretation of scriptures right. for example when you know the scriptures themselves are metaphors for you know um a dimension of life that is not easily interpretable or easily dis- describable um myths and so forth you know like right. that are describing um ourselves, you know, right. like the, the myth of Jesus is the myth of ourselves. Everyone has that potential and the capacity to, to do, to die for the sins to, of the world. Well, to die to, <laughs> to die, uh, to, uh, your former self, you know, somebody who didn't care about other people who didn't care about the world. And, you know, has, um, for reasons has, you know, had a transcended experience that cannot be explained in language or regular, um, you know, experience hmm. and then suddenly finds themselves motivated and directed in a new way that they
0: would never have explained before, but it's not religious this in any a, sense. It actually opens up something that I didn't quite expect from you. Hmm. This, uh, willingness to, uh, find meaning in That's bibli- it. biblical yes. stories. Well, so here's the, here's an interesting and thing, it, it, but, but you don't find it in, I mean, they're not literal for you. No, oh, not, stories. no they're, they're not at they're, all. They're just stories that have been passed down and if you can find something in them, then great. Absolutely. And if you can't... Well, I'm a, Because, I mean, I'm because seeker... we're going to be talking about some some bad Bible stories... Yes. You're right, <laughs> ...in the second half of the show. Well, and the but... funny
2: thing about the Bible is that, you know, if you were to take a very analytical, you know, anthropological view of it and uh-huh. and, and back it up with evidence, you know, like... I mean, even the archaeological records basically say that Exodus didn't happen. It was just a propaganda story to make people feel good. Right. Um, But, like, you know, if you were to take a very scholarly look at the Bible— and and you know, except that it's not you know, it's written by hundreds of people mm-hmm. you know of oral accounts that were written down mm-hmm. hundreds or thousands of years after they supposedly happened. Mm-hmm. Some of which are are you know historically documented events, and others are pure you know m- pure metaphor.
0: Right. Right. And then there's you, the craziness you think that like modern life and like science and what we know about the universe and life has again. If we're talking about pushing things to the fringe. Mm-hmm. Like doesn't it seem like that a lot of what the Bible is trying to address in our lives, understanding of like where we come from and explanations of of, of Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. Where does life even begin, right? Like the the fringe has been pushed back to reveal that that those little bits of the Bible are we're addressing something that doesn't need to be addressed anymore, and so to, to try to find meaning in something in 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 the crumbs that are left mm, mm-hmm. right seems to be to me just a pointless exercise almost you know like well, yeah. it just seems to like like i mean i i get this i don't know but, well, I mean, that's kind of i don't i don't think i'm expressing myself terribly well but like i it just feels to me that it's it's an effort to to create meaning out of out of a story that was meant to be fairly literal at one point you know well here's one thing
2: here's a a thing i think is worth dispelling and, and that is that these myths you know no one has ever met the the author of any of these stories because i i guarantee you these grew out of the psyche of thousands of people who lived over thousands of years right and the stories you know like the details are different i mean look at santa claus for example santa claus is fascinating because if you were actually to, you know, trace the roots back, you know, I mean, it, just on a cursory level, you could say, oh, well, it's, you know, St. Uh, N- Nicholas. Nicholas. Uh-huh. But like even the colors of his outfit, you know, the red and the white go back even further to paganism and the, the black forests of northern Europe, hmm. where there's these crazy, crazy mushrooms, like, you know, Disney, like in a Disney movie, like these giant mushrooms that are like truly Bright candy red and white, (laughs) and the pagans used to like eat them, and you know have crazy psychedelic visions. Reindeer flying through the sky. Yes, (laughs) yeah. And so it's funny that like, you know, I mean, Santa Claus today has been appropriated by the Coca Cola Corporation to be this like, you know, and polar bears, uh, and polar bears, the unofficial spokesperson. And yet the imagery is kind of like this, you know, hodgepodge collection of. Thousands of years of human experience right. and knowledge and so forth, so you know and I, I mean we could obviously talk about this like the whole podcast right. but but in which essence, we don't have time which we don't us. have time so... unfortunately, but the the point is that I take a view that you know there is a perennial truth uh. Uh-huh. And and or you know a kind of a singular truth, and that there and and humans will be lucky if you can find the outlines. You know, like mm-hmm. the ima- the image of a blind person kind of feeling an elephant, yeah. and they're like, you know, what is this truth that I have my hands on? And and it could feel different
0: depending yeah, on what part. One person feels a tree, one person feels a snake, one person so my feels a a wall. I can't remember what all of I'm trying right. to Imagine so what the. M- my right. personal
2: experience is that is that I, I'm open to knowledge and I'm open to you know I'm a seeker of knowledge and I I don't take these stories literally and I and I assume that there is there is a seed of truth in every single one of them and that's been a huge shift for me personally because the truth about the human the human situation the human is experience what you're talking about absolutely. Right which is which Not, you know no one can deny i mean that's you know everyone's experiencing some part of it some facet right. of it it's really rich and it's really you know multifaceted mm-hmm. and m- in my experience i think a lot of people a lot of friends that i know that uh, you know have were grown um, raised in a kind of an oppressive religious environment like so many of us like in salt lake so many of us yeah <laughs> i think i think a lot of this is a, is a um, kind of a Rebellion against in uh, an emancipation from that oppress oppressive oppressive religion okay and that, and that, and so for example it 's just kind of that immediate ne- knee jerk like ew the Bible, right. which by the way, I totally get because like I had to wake up you know for years to yeah, uh, six o 'clock in the morning talk about to that read a little bit bible you,
0: um, you did grow up mormon, I did just to kind of finish up this introduction of of you mm-hmm. you grew up Mormon a pretty serious mormon household.
2: Yeah, not not crazy. Like I mean, I yeah. have
0: siblings who they've even taken it to more extreme right. levels, we, but we were talking about that before before we started recording, just kind of
2: So not turbo mormon, but right. but you know, but committed per, mormon. I would say
0: very committed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It, it seems very committed. Sure. Um, from my perspective, I've only met your mom actually, just mm. briefly. One time, I've never met you. dad. My dad's—he's—he's he's an interesting
2: guy. He wanted to be a scientist, hmm. and he ended up becoming a lawyer. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, he—he's a pretty pragmatic guy. And huh. I have—I da- actually out harbor my own doubts about whether he believes in the literal interpretation right. of
0: a lot of this stuff. And yet, he was somebody who was called repeatedly in his life to leadership positions in the uh-huh. church. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, so that's interesting that you would have that perspective of him. He was he did it for sort of the social is what you have sort of the it's what was expected of him in a lot yeah, of Yeah.
2: There was a lot of expectation coming from a lot of different places, you know. Um and then and I think he, he did it again, I think it's the the his pragmatism that it was it was something that was culturally advantageous. Mm you know, because if you got on well, and it's also a generational thing, you know, right. like if you got on well in that arena and, you know, you kind of toted that line, then your life would generally be easier. Huh. I mean, I, that's a little speculation, but it's a feeling I continually get. And it may, namely because, you know, when push come to shove, he has all kinds of not so favorable things to say about the Mormon Church when when you get him in a good mood and you get him or in a bad mood and you get him and he he's when you get him drunk when you yes when you get him drunk on uh, post which him. I'm
0: sure isn't yeah
2: or yeah but but otherwise you know when he feels comfortable he will you know kind of be very candid and unlike my mom who you get her comfortable and she'll reveal that she's waiting for Jesus to come back
0: anyway. right. And so, so the environmental degradation of, of this planet that we live on is proof. Is hastening yes. his return. Yes. And so therefore, why fight it? Right. Yeah. 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 That's my mom. <laughs> I'm serious. No, I believe it. I she, know. she's just like, Well, why do we why should we care? It's one of the signs of the times. Right. It's not like we're gonna stop it. Yeah, it's you like know.
2: you're moving out of this house
0: in a week, you know, you don't need to care <laughs> about uh <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we get on to some stories. Um some stuff from the news this week. Um I well this is just because um he was what Time's Person of the Year. Uh I felt that it was finally important for us to talk a little bit about Pope Francis, not the fact that he was well kind of indirectly that you know linked to his being the person of the year. Um, it's Pope Frenzy. Pope... <laughs> there's a lot of Pope Frenzy right now. Pope Francis Frenzy. Um, he's... He's an interesting guy, and what I wanted to bring up about him was that there was a story that popped up about how he went off script um, during uh, Midnight Mass. Um, and, uh... Wait, did I get that right? Mm. Yes, I think so. Yeah, because that's when he gives his Urbi et Urbi, Right? <laughs> um christmas address um and he sort of reached out a little bit once again because it's not the first time that he's mentioned atheists but he's invited atheists in in his urbi at at urbi christmas address to join where was where was the line uh to to basically join with believers in uh um in in working for good in the world mm-hmm um because he recognizes that uh atheists and agnostics you you're, you can be included in this chris oh good um can be people of you know good High morals intentions. and good intentions mm-hmm. and so forth and so on um you took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> i thought i thought you had to have a belief in jesus to have good morals no apparently i mean he even says that atheists i mean this was one of the first crazy atheist things that he said is that atheists will probably make it to heaven what yeah but they're not just automatically damned oh thank god not even purgatory (laughs) right like what a relief i was expecting you know spend next who knows how long after i die uh playing the same kino game
2: in Reno Nevada oh over and life. over and over again <laughs> that is purgatory <laughs> game, and you just can't get the numbers right game 666 of kino <laughs> why
0: l- can't i predict the numbers they're the same every time it's like a dream where you're trying to like flip the switch on and off oh and yeah just, yeah it, the lights won't turn off <laughs> <laughs> why can't i read the clock <laughs> <sighs> oh. All I everything I know about dreaming uh comes from waking life. Oh actually. yeah. <laughs> like, I have no original <laughs> ideas about dreams. They they they're all references to waking life. Uh yeah, but isn't that crazy? This pope. Yeah. Well, you know, this,
2: this line's great. Jesus came into the world filled with believers and unbelievers and the pope lives in that same world. Yeah. Yeah. So he's basically saying Jesus created unbelievers. Well, and
0: created the if pope. If you believe that he created everything, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the same the same Jesus mm-hmm. who created non-believers created the pope. I think he'd accept that statement <laughs> as truth. Um, but yeah, and and tied into this is just also um uh, some recent polling numbers about how uh, how popular the pope is right now in the United States um, with like something like 88% of um American Catholics approving of how Francis is handling his role um as the uh as the pope how about non-catholics non-catholics in this country three out of four approve huh. and uh atheist numbers i don't think that specifically um this article didn't specifically have atheist numbers but there's a lot of anecdotal crap about approval approval of the pope. i would fa- i would say yeah i think he's doing an awesome job i mean with some caveats he's still catholic <laughs> He's still the Pope. He's still the Pope of, of But he hung out with homeless people on his birthday. You have to you have to approve of that. He the the have you really seen not frown on that. the picture of him embracing the man who's covered in boils. Uh no, I have not. It is like I stared at the photo for a minute and it deeply moved me. Wow. And it's not, and what I it moved me because I started thinking about this man who most people recoil from, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Like if he's out in public guaranteed the way that he, how disfigured he was. Mm. um, If you see that man in the supermarket, you're going to glance and look away Mm -hmm. and you're going to tell little kids not to stare, right? Like that's the scenario. Mm -hmm. And instead the Pope looked him in the eyes and embraced him. Wow. And, and so my thought was: here's this man. Here's here's this leader of 1.2 billion people, that, who has who is embracing him, and that, like, that that touched me. Oh, it really did. Sounds yeah, very moving. Yeah, the the power that that would have on your life. on on because he clearly was a believer. That's why he sought out the Pope. Mm-hmm. And so the the power of that gesture, of of that, and and knowing how. How to embrace somebody and how to look somebody in in the face who, you know, is disfigured. I mean, this man has a lot of experience. Francis has a ton of experience, clearly, working with the poor and the the sick and so forth and so on. And he cares. Mm -hmm. He seems to truly care. And it's brilliant. You know, he's shifted the entire dialogue about the Catholic Church. Who's talking about... You know, pedophile things. priests.
2: Oh well, that too, right? But, like, right. When they weren't talking about pedof- pedophilia, they were talking about gay marriage
0: and contraception, yeah, and yeah, and none of that matters to this pope. It's all so the dialogue about Catholicism, and in the pope's mind, Christ's message right. has been shifted. You know, which is highly ref- effective, Pope. Yes, and refreshing, I would say. Five highly effective habits of. Of popery, effective popes. <laughs> of effective popery. <laughs> well, he knows. He knows. Well, you know, it it
2: actually makes you, um, you know, as a non theist, as a human, as a nun, as a nun theist, as a humanist, you know, it makes it 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 makes it you step take a step back and you realize this is the role that religion can have in the world. Right you know if you get off of the the divisive wedge issues and you talk about you know how can we help the poor the needy the sick you know the disenfranchised mm-hmm. create more justice and equality in the world like that in my mind i have no problem with that whatsoever right yeah which i mean i mean it's I mean, like does it does one even need to say that and yet it seems like that's a revolutionary act in this world
0: yeah i know um we had did you listen to the episode when we had peter bogosian i don't i don't know he wrote he he argued that and i thought that it was a really like just to do a little counterpoint to what you just said for him any any faulty epistemology, right? Any, any time that you've arrived to a truth through faulty means, Mm -hmm. it's a problem, Uh right? Because for him, it means that you're learning, um, bad logic, bad logic (laughs) and bad thinking skills, Mm -hmm. right? You're, 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 you're not thinking in a good way. And the problem with religion is it does allow so many people to think so poorly. It's magical thinking. Yeah. And, and, so, I mean, you're right that that it's what religion should be, but in a world where there should be religion, right? Right. And and I I just think that like I think it's amazing to have a world leader who seems who leads to leads that many people, who leads that many people who is being as good of an example as he is. I in the world that we live in, I think he's an incredibly p- powerful and important figure. Mhm um and do i wish that his institution didn't need to exist disbanded itself i yeah yeah hmm. well so.
2: but you know in the idea of of a kind of a secular morality and a, a even a scientifically demonstrated morality mm-hmm. where you could say look i mean you know like for example I, I don't know if you saw this um headline but utah is set to um um like to, like get rid of homelessness by 2015 because they figured yeah um it doesn't sound possible in I, such a conservative it state. doesn't but there's a lot of things that don't sound possible that have happened in the most conservative state well so what they they've figured out is that it's cheaper and this is again the logic is just you know when logic wins mm. it's so refreshing because it's like ah there's sanity in an insane world the logic was it costs us less money to just give a homeless person an apartment no questions asked no
0: strings housing first housing
2: yeah. first and then because otherwise the cost of emergency room visits mm. and you know um police you know you got to pay for increased police right. pr- coverage but instead like we're going to respect that a human being you know, has a minimum level of needs, and that if they if those needs aren't met, mm-hmm.
0: they're going to be causing trouble for the whole society. I haven't read this article, but um, I like the I, that approach of here's here's housing,
2: here's mm-hmm. here's just
0: a place to stay. It's a universal um, need, like and everyone. It, it's needs... a basic human need, and in a place like Utah where it gets so cold in the winter, shelter should be a, a basic right that's Mm -hmm. that's guaranteed by the state um that's that's fantastic wow i did not know that thank you chris yeah um well do you have a do you have a story do you have anything you want to you want to share
2: well there's uh there's the big one
0: Uh, what's the big one
2: well uh at least in this country uh it seems like the big news story this week (laughs) and i know you guys touched a little bit about it last week but it's uh there they got the gay marriage in the Utah now. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh yeah. it's remarkable. Some people said uh they didn't think they would live to see that day.
0: I yeah. I um it was way out of my mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I, I think that I figured I would live to see the day because I figured that that in the United States it would just eventually just nationally be decreed. And it would trickle the remaining to, states right. must perform be, or allow marriage equality. And Utah would and, be the last one to. It would do be it. at least in the group of uh-huh. the last ones, right? And uh, yeah, I, n- I never thought that it would just be. I, I didn't see this playing out that a federal judge would just declare and decree that Utah that Utah's laws that were on the part of our constitution were null and void. And they were in viol- that they were in conflict with the 14th amendment of the U S constitution. So you, you didn't, or... I didn't see that coming. No, really. I mean, I knew that there was a case and I, I guess I just didn't know who the judge was and mm. I didn't, I didn't know enough details. Um, I knew that there was a decision that was going to be handed down. I heard at the beginning of the year, mm. um, definitely the timing caught me off guard. Yeah. And, uh, well, the, the nature of the finding and how definitive it was, and how incredibly um, um, clear it was. Yes, it was. It was well, that caught me off guard. Yeah. Well, and and
2: when he described his reasoning, he said he could find no reasonable, rational reason yeah. for it, and he could also find no reason to wait. Right. That this was just like, you know It should just be now. Let's just be now. Yeah. And there were a lot of very, very happy gay people uh having a very happy even non secular,
0: probably atheists who <laughs> got in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> it was a happy Christmas here yeah. in Utah. It yeah, was. It really was. Um yeah, so there were some interesting facts about this. So same sex couples shatter marriage records in Utah.
2: Yeah. Um and and the counties are finding that they're making money on these licenses because <laughs> apparently, who knew, the gays also want to get married and there's money to be made. There's
0: money to be made. I read an article about a jeweler uh, that is very close to the uh, county offices oh, uh-huh. here in Salt Lake uh-huh. um, who was making a ton of money with people buying last minute rings. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> nice. And the the jeweler was like, well, we've always been... We've always been welcoming of our gay and lesbian customers. He's like, so yeah, this is what makes it all the sweeter, basically. It's <laughs> awesome. So here it says uh Salt Lake
2: County shattered a previously held record of eighty-five marriages in a given day by handing out three hundred
0: and fifty three marriage <laughs> licenses on Monday alone. Well there were the I heard that there were it's a fairly large building. I mean you know the the, the county the county building, complex. The yeah. Yeah. Um you know, and it's a government building. Tons of hallways, just mm-hmm. meandering yeah. all around the building. Apparently, the hallways were just full, both levels of the building. Did you see the photos uh, with, of with the line serpentining through the building? Yes, just crazy. did you
2: see the photos of the Boy Scouts handing yeah. out pizza Pretty to amazing. the people waiting in
0: line? Yeah, and yeah, there were there were tons of stories like that. The there was apparently a Mormon group that was showing up with oh, was it water or hmm. beverages of some kind? I think. I think that's how it was for, or how it went with, uh, for people in line. Refreshments. I refreshments. Is what they yes. call it. <laughs> Yes. Thank you, Chris. Well, the Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some, some Kool-Aid. Yes. Some, some red, red punch, mm-hmm. which is actually banned what you know that right i didn't know red that. punch is banned from church buildings why because it stains the carpet oh okay i thought it would be no. more crazy than that no they just have this rule against oh, okay. red punch you mm. can't have red punch. people show up with red punch and the bishop's always like now you know we'll let it get by this time but we don't really allow red punch in the building it's a sad day decreed from salt lake i'm sure mm, yeah that's just how they work <laughs>
2: They've got rules. There are rules. Those there marins. are rules people. And if there aren't rules, there will be chaos, as I think the governor of and Utah says stains everywhere. The governor was very concerned that there was chaos. Chaos that he was creating. Well, and chaos that he didn't like. Chaos he didn't that he didn't like. Of.
0: I mean, the, the chaos was people orderly lining up to get married. To get license. married. Yes. That was
2: good. that were previously denied by the state. <laughs> right. So they're
0: doing so. so there was a run on the counties
2: because they for th- licenses. Because they thought they were going to take it away. Right, exactly. If but the governor that... himself, and now here's an interesting theory. The governor himself said, we aren't going to challenge this. Take your time. You can get married at your own leisure. Plan that great gay <laughs> wedding just... that you really have always wanted. People would be like, oh, yeah, let's we'll do it next week. That would end the chaos. Week. That would end the chaos immediately. Yeah. But Governor Gary Herbert... Is not interested in ending the chaos.
0: <laughs> he's a chaotic man. <laughs> I'm sure he's not, though. That's the thing. He seems like a very boring man yeah. to me. Governor Herbert. What a... oh! Do you know how mad I am at somebody who I really like? That Huntsman. Huntsman gave us oh, Herbert. Oh, I know. Yeah. He was his lieutenant governor. He abandoned Hunts- us yeah. when, when we needed him the most. I know. I loved Huntsman. Anyways. All right. Well, I have a story about... um, Oh. Oh. Well, I was going to say, did
2: you want to talk about... You mentioned maybe even kind of discussing personal feelings. I don't know if
0: that... About gay marriage? Well, about the ruling, about, you know... Well, I mean, if you have any, feel free. Okay. I, I mean, I personally, like... Like, I mean, just... I've had some interesting thoughts hmm. about it. Um I was um so let's see we recorded last podcast on last Saturday. Hmm. And so I really had had probably less than 24 hours to really sit and think about it. But sometime over the weekend I had this strange realization Because I was feeling very elated, right? Mm. I was very happy. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I realized that the emotion wasn't just happiness. um, That there was something that I was no longer feeling. And I I think I have identified what oppression feels like. Mm. Because it was lifted. I didn't know what it felt like, right? Until it was no longer there. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. Like, it was just something that I had lived with. And it was this really strange moment of, like, I live in a society that considers me equal now. Or in, I at least live in a system, in a regime yes, that considers me equal. Maybe not the society, but, like... um, And I didn't even realize how much power that that would have. Mm, interesting. You know, of just on my psyche. Huh. It was really, really strange moment of just, like, huh. I... I feel a little different now. Oh, I don't like those kind of feelings and thoughts very much. Right. <laughs> I like to just live my life. But yeah, I mean, what, what did you think, Chris? Did you have any realizations about life and humanity, your place in the universe? <laughs> um. Well, I. I well,
2: I. I mean, I. I felt that this was, I I kind of like you was, it took a while to sink in and mm-hmm. just kind of following all the stories and following the Twitter updates. And, um, I, I, you know, a couple of things that was really interesting. I mean, I know the the media was really focused on, on it, you know, for the first couple of days. And then I remember, I mean, the local news was continuing to talk about it and still is. Right. But I remember on like Monday or Tuesday, going to like the national media sites and you couldn't find the story anywhere. Yeah. It was almost kind of like a novelty story. Like, you know, the wacky news, you know, uh-huh. in other news, I don't, I don't think that a lot of other people in the rest of the country understand how truly tectonic this decision is. Yeah, Because be, mainly because Utah still has this mystique about it. And a lot of people are like, you know, Utah, is mm-hmm. that thing still around, you know, like, <laughs> they just don't understand how how interesting it is you know i mean like for example you know people don't realize how big of a gay population there is in mm-hmm. in the state and and salt lake specifically specifically lake. oh my god but even in utah county i mean like the most republican state in or county in the entire s- Country, I mean, that probably, and that, well, it, I think it would be a
0: contender. It was
2: a contender. I mean, I, I know it, at least in the 2004 election, it was, it was like 95% went to Republican oh voting or something, God. but there's gay people down there and there's, you know, like there's a, you know, gay support group on the camp, uh, the campus of BYU. And, but I think that like the fact that a Utah f- or, you know, federal judge in Utah mm-hmm. made this ruling and it came from Utah, and this is, you know, some people are speculating this is the, the, the final dominoes, you know, are going right. to f- fall because this – other states are going to say, well, you know, if they did it there, then we're going to do it here. Right. And, you know, something I didn't know that kind of came out of this um, is that uh, apparently Utah, um, when they passed the uh, – what, what amendment was it that re-legalized alcohol in the oh, United States? yeah. Um, Utah was the deciding state legislature yeah. to, to, legislator to or legislature to vote for that constitutional. For the end of prohibition, they gave it that three quarters. You know, which which there's two ways to look at it. They were the last ones to vote, <laughs> right? Or, but they were also the deciding <laughs> vote, which is really amazing. Yeah. But in this case, like I think in you know 50 years or so, that when we look back and the textbooks are going to be written, they're going to say this was that moment. You know, this is, which is, you know, in a way, like, personally, because I live in this country, it's remarkable. But then, of course, I have to remind myself that the rest of the world is looking at us going, what, you know, what, why are you taking so long to decide this? Well, I wouldn't say the rest of the world. Well, The rest of the Western world.
0: But even, I mean, even then, there are plenty of places in Europe that haven't. True. Haven't decided yet or are just still not. I mean, like Italy. Mm. Not that you would expect Italy to be very far along on this, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's there, there's, you know, yeah, of course, if, if the rest of the world is Scandinavia, then yes, you're absolutely right. Or Canada. And we do like to, American liberals do like to imagine that the rest of the world is Scandinavia. As far as I do, yes. <laughs> it it's would funny. be a much better world. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like, scan, like those limited places, it's still only what I, I, I came across as, statistic not too long ago but the percentage of the world's population that lives in a jurisdiction where gay marriage is legal oh. is still pretty small oh sure yeah if you include china and india and things, well like i that. do can well include no, them yes. in the world i
2: do <laughs> no i'm glad that you do i do as well but yes no but in in terms of cultural you know culture those tend to be kind of like left off the list because it you know it's so much different than sure so we tend to you know at least kind of think culturally that it's we tend to think of the west the west and Yeah, yeah the
0: rest of the west um but but so the fact that this happened in
2: and the united states you know like these shockwaves are probably going to go out through the rest of the world and and you know even hillary clinton said that you know this the how a country treats its gay citizens is going to be used as one of the criteria in how the united states defines its relationship to that country oh, wow. again it's just a politician saying that and she could say it just you know because it's convenient but did she say that while she was Secretary of State? Yes, she did. Oh, wow. Okay. And so that shift has happened pretty significantly because remember, there w- it wasn't that many years ago where even the Democratic Party wouldn't touch. This was a hot potato. Yeah, they weren't even yeah. going to like talk about it. And right. now it's like, you know, Obama is saying love is love and Hillary uh, well, Clinton is saying like- It's decided. The Democratic Party is like pro-gay. Yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're well, doubling down funny. on the gay. <laughs> Don't we all though? <laughs> Yeah, and a, li- a little bit. I think everyone, <laughs> everyone would like to.
0: I don't really. Okay, All right. no. <laughs> I don't. I'm not, um... I don't mean to speak for everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, continuing with the whole gay thing. Um, there's the uh, what, what's what's the what's the jerk's name? Um, that Phil, jerk. That jerk. Duck guy. The the duck guy. The Duck Dynasty guy. Phil Robertson, who wasn't even famous until a week ago. Or no. Oh, was he was he? on duck dynasty he's like the patriarch of the family and do you watch this show no i don't watch it but i i knew about the phenomenon <laughs>
2: right? Oh, okay the duck dynasty yeah i i learned about the phenomenon just this week you so didn't even know the show existed i didn't even know it existed um, i try not what to. a
0: lucky lucky person you are it isn't it is really kind of I, nice to I, turn I mean, I was, the news off a little bit i was a little bothered um by the existence of I'm not by the surprised. Popularity I will say show. I'm not
2: surprised of the yeah. popularity. Yeah.
0: Um, well, my understanding is again, I n- I will come, just come out and say it. I have never seen an episode of Duck Dynasty. There. Right? And do you ever intend I, to? I, I I don't I don't plan on it. Um, but from my understanding, what I have been told by people who have watched the series uh, is that the first season was actually interesting hmm. because. The people who were on the show, they're, they're the creators um, of this, like, duck call, right? Oh, right. Uh, that went crazy and made them a ton of money. And then there's, like, a line of, like, duck—I can't remember the name of the company. But uh, just kind of duck products. Duck-based products. Yeah. And 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 they've made a shit ton of money. And they live down in Louisiana and have more money than a bunch of rednecks should ever be allowed to have. Right. They're, they're because... like Louisiana royalty. Now they are, yeah. Um, but they, um, they, they have all their toys and they run around and they just be rich rednecks. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there was a certain fascination with that as like just watching it unfold for the first season. Sure. Before they realized that they were celebrities. Ah, yes. Right. As soon as they had like observed themselves. That they have a and, platform now. And, and to now they things. have a platform. The, that, that's when it sort of no longer was anything of interest unless you were, of course a redneck yourself
2: that should be the right. rule for all reality shows is just one year one season before they are aware that they are Absolutely. a celebrity
0: yeah that's when it's interesting mm-hmm. right is when is when people don't know how they look on camera mm-hmm. yeah? then they don't know what they sound like they don't have a publicist yet yeah you know they don't know how they've they can be edited right and as soon as they can start controlling that then yeah that's when it starts to to become an less interesting uh but anyways so he came out um pfft, a couple weeks ago i guess i again i don't like duck dynasty i had or have never seen it so i don't i can't i guess yeah. Frank, but like tisk, tisk, i know judging a show oh, no, without I've watching never <laughs> seen it. I, i'm sorry <laughs> um but i i have no interest in even like going near it mm-hmm. um and so when the story broke that this guy had said these awful things about gay people and uh saying that homosexuality is a sin comparable to bestiality right that's what the mormons don't the mormons oh no they no. say it's comparable to alcoholism really being gay oh I, I, yeah but anyways um he like i had no interest in even like the story itself well finally an angle popped up where i'm interested um we have um this is the headline on WALB dot com. Uh, that's Channel Ten in. Uh, I'm assuming Alabama. That that's what the ALB stand for uh, somewhere. Uh, but this story comes to us from Valdosta, Georgia, and he. The, the headline is: Phil fans push for Chick Fil A a day. <laughs> Wait, no, Chick Fil A. Day. A Chick Fil A day keeps the gaze <laughs> at bay. <laughs> okay. yeah. uh, but they put they're they're pushing for Chick Fil because he's Phil, whatever his name is. Oh, that's uh, clever. Isn't that cute? That's cute. Uh, day. It's going to be uh, January twenty first. And this is the level of, of absurdity when a story kind of like reaches that, that I become interested, even if I wasn't interested before. When and it gets a sponsor, a corporate sponsor. <laughs> well, Chick-fil-A t- technically is not a part of this at all. It's just fans of the show. Are you sure about that? Well, it's fans of the show and fans of those chicken sandwiches, mm-hmm. which I know people love them. I have never liked those chicken sandwiches. There, maybe there's something wrong with me. But it's because you're gay. I'm not one of those. Like I, I know. I um. I heard a gay person not too long ago who uh, was from Las Vegas, uh, admit that he drives to Saint George, which is in Utah, uh, southern Utah, uh, to it's go to like the. Like an chi- hour away. Yeah, about an hour from Saint, from Las Vegas, in order to go to the Chick Fil A there because he doesn't want to be seen oh my god at a chick-fil-a where someone could see him oh sure right i yeah. he but he's gonna just run into the other gays who are doing that but anyways um but that's kind of like running into your bishop at the liquor store and you're like <laughs> oh, oh yeah and he's like medicinal purposes
2: <laughs> <laughs> why are you here Wait, brother uh I, i'm just making a, a flaming crepe sousette
0: The uh the spirit prompted me to come to the liquor store today. <laughs> I did not spirits, know why. The spirits What could I me. possibly want here? The spirits prompted me. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. All right. Um, yeah, so um, that's going to be happening. Just want to make sure everybody knows. Put that on your calendar. Put that on your calendar. We'll be talking about that a little bit more. Um, hopefully not, actually, as we <laughs> get closer to January 21st. So.
2: Uh, well, so I have a uh, end-of-year story. Oh, uh, that yeah. Apparently, uh, we didn't didn't uh know of uh but (laughs) it kind of landed on our radar today okay um salt lake city the heart of mormonism Mm. is declared 2013's national bible city really yeah and salt lake yeah as a bible city yeah nowhere near the bible belt no um so what does this mean uh, well, I'm glad you asked. I'm sure you're wondering <laughs> what does that mean? Is so, there something?
0: Do do we have to do something? I don't think Are there so. Expectations now.
2: I thought when I first read the the, the headline, I thought it was a we were going to have a, a conference or a you know oh. convention. Yeah, we've had those before. Yeah, it turns out it's uh it's just something we get to bask in.
0: <laughs>
2: Apparently. <laughs> So, uh, so it's
0: just, can we put this on the, the sign? Yeah, we'll welcoming, put yes. we'll welcoming people on s- to the city, to out uh, at the airport.
2: National Bible City 2013. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So it turns out that uh, a New York based group has chosen Utah's capital, headquarters of the LDS Church, the Mormons. <laughs> uh, do, we, do we still have to say that? I love saying that, it's my favorite. <laughs> just because they hate the word mormons Mm. they're like i thought
0: they've embraced it the whole but i'm a mormon
2: they have recently embraced it they realize it's mainly because everyone kept calling them mormons so they're like mormons kept calling themselves
0: mormons we'll call ourselves there was never a time in my life when i didn't when i was mormon that i didn't call myself a mormon
2: the 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 lds church's press relation public relations office Uh like every press release they sent out never contained mormonism it was always the Church of Latter Day Saint. Blah 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 blah. blah the full blown name, yes. Like they were like adamant. At least, this was at least during the nineties and early two thousands. It has to be
0: LDS. Who, who wants the problem was being called the LDS, right? <laughs> because that's what they were pushing. We want to just be the LDS. Yeah, the Latter Day, the Latter Day Saints um well no one else
2: got it if, yeah. if the story was being covered outside of utah they're like well who is that yeah and they're like oh the mormons and so it was right. always in parenthetical the mormons, the
0: mormons.
2: <laughs> anyway oh i God. kind of okay. i uh, so anyway the uh the new york-based group has chosen utah's capital as its national bible city of 2013 hmm. i suppose there are others there's probably a list of cities that have been chosen.
0: Oh, that's wonderful.
2: Uh, the Judeo-Christians Association was established in 1940 to encourage everyone to read the Bible in every sector of society, regardless of religious or political distinction. So oh. even the the Muslims, the Jews, yeah. everyone. Everybody, everybody should everybody. read the Bible. Yeah. Everyone. So, but apparently, uh, it, to, to those who question lumping Mormons into that tradition, the group's president, Richard Glick, <laughs> stein <Glickstein. laughs> that's not a real name it's probably not simply asks, do mormons read the bible then they are part of the tribe <gasps> oh
0: and mormons nice? do they 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 read a but a, here a version here is a problem that, that, that is sort of presupposed in the whole thing um it's it, it's this uh, it's this perception that people have outside of Utah that Salt Lake is just a ton of Mormons running around everywhere Mm -hmm. when nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, if you're downtown on general conference, then yes, there are Mormons running around everywhere and they do own most of the important land around here. The church does, but that doesn't mean that that's who is like in the city. Right. Anyways, I just wanted to say that the, well, the mormons are in the suburbs yeah well they're yeah what was the, the, the um uh
2: did you so, have you guys ever
0: name sandy the yeah. bible city oh, sure yeah. right because there's, or Orem. because but i mean they they need to be looking i guess what i'm also trying to get to is that it's not like devoid of mormons that everybody's just atheist there are other people here oh yeah that they should be acknowledging that read the bible there are tons of catholics there's tons of Maybe
2: they're what just desperate. They're running out of cities they can name, and they're like,
0: <laughs> oh, "All
2: right, I guess we could do Salt Lake,
0: Reno, Reno. or Salt Lake." <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go with Salt Lake.
2: Uh, um, okay. So yeah, so uh, it says fine. he says I did a little research on the city, talked to people, and reached out to different religious groups. Our trustees made the decision.
1: Yeah.
0: So well, what makes me sad about this is something that we missed, which was the interfaith concert. The National Bible Association sponsored a free concert of praise on November twenty third. Mm. Uh, that was uh, in uh, the in the Tabernacle mm. on Temple Square. Um, with uh, and it was hosted with by um, I think it was, was she a host. Anyway, she was there. Um, Roma Downey of Touched by an Angel. Oh, I love. Yes, isn't she's wonderful. Salt so Lake has nice a wonderful name. connection to Touched by an Angel. Oh yes, it was. It was, it was part of our local economy for many years. <laughs> it kept our film industry alive. Oof, yes, um, it did. And uh, yeah, so, so yeah, and because you know she came out with uh, the mini series The Bible. Oh, I did not know. Yeah, that. yeah, she was a part of that. She was in it, and uh, yeah, so she's she's a she's pro Bible. The Bible's been good for her. <laughs> For her career. And now she's just push she's a Bible pusher. Mm. Yeah. Hey kids, I got a little something for you. <laughs> it's called the Bible. <laughs> All right. Um, and then uh for my for my last one I have um this is uh oh I love this. This comes to us from Turkey. Mm. The nation. Um it's uh apparently there are um muslim activists in in turkey who are um who are very uh very much opposed to uh any sort of uh observance of, of of christmas Ooh. uh and in particular they are done with muslims having anything to do with christmas any kind of like just like oh it's fun let's just give some gifts right Sort of thing. Our Christian neighbors are doing it, Um, so they uh, they've posted um, what appears to be a billboard. It's at least billboard shaped, Um, but they're they're uh, distributing this image of a good Muslim man by appearance. Uh, He's sort of wearing a a button down shirt and a little white little hat, Hmm. Uh, and he's got a beard, right? Um, Just punching the daylights out of santa claus (laughs) and and the whole billboard has all these messages i mean this is like because we've complained about american atheists and their war on christmas yeah this is this is like real war on Christmas. this is like
2: fisticuffs
0: this uh, we will be posting this image on our facebook page (laughs) facebook.com slash tj atheist um because it is absolutely a phenomenal little image and it's not just actually it's not limited to just turkey there's another one uh that was posted another photo that was posted on the same article that purportedly comes from macedonia uh which i guess is muslim what Mm. by and large muslim i don't know um where it's the same guy sort of an amish looking fellow he's actually kind of amish looking uh but his hat gives it away Mm. right that he's that he's Muslim, and this this guy looks more Amish. Like maybe his his Amish hat had fallen off. Uh, he just kind of has some wispy hair on the top of his head. Same image though. Just punching the living daylights. I mean, Santa Claus is taking a beating, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty fantastic. So next time anybody talks about a war on Christmas in this country, we might just want to redirect their this attention. The so-called war on Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing. I, I, I kinda love it. So look for that on, on the Facebook page. All right. Um what else did we want to talk about? Well, I think uh did you have the list of um things we didn't know before two thousand
2: so uh thirteen? Yeah the, I thought this was nice. The BBC uh published a list of as they as the media's want to do, they publish <laughs> they love the lists at the end of the year. Uh. Uh, but apparently these are things that we as a species and a culture did not know
0: before <laughs> this year. And I like this because a lot of it is there's some scientific discovery on the list, right? Science. Yeah. yeah. So there's like, th- science has improved our lives in these 100 ways. And not just science. Well, there's math. Yeah. Math was... Well, this is what... Math, special- I guess, is a science. It is a science. Is a science. A
2: science of numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, by the way, what specialization has afforded us. Mm. You know, When we stopped being a tribal nomadic culture and we settled down, we <laughs> could finally put our best minds to answer questions such as how many seagulls would it have taken to lift the giant peach in Ro- Roald Dahl's James and the Giant Peach? Right, yeah. No one had spent any time figuring this out. Well, the book
0: the so, author the author said, said
2: 501 it's because we assumed the author had done his due diligence <laughs> and done the research
0: but, but it, the, the the amount of lift that one seagull can can create mm-hmm. right uh 501 it was a little off wouldn't cut it yeah it, it but, turns
2: out uh it would we would need 2.5 million seagulls what yeah
3: that's lift, a lot to lift. Lift.
2: Well, that's a big peach. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I guess, the name. The name. Okay. All right. That's fair. Uh, Here's one that actually I've long suspected, but I thought it was just, you know, uh, superstitious. Okay. Uh, Hot drinks taste different according to the
0: cup color. That's not true. That seems highly unscientific, It does seem highly untrue, doesn't it? I mean, like, is it that the uh, seeing the color... It's Probably, the, yeah, sight is somehow well because there's there's the feeling that experience. you have
2: about something, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, of course, like for the longest time, I'm sure we just thought that the taste of something was all that there was, but then we found out like that the aroma is a sure key component, like, oh, at, absolutely, at least 20% of flavors, if not more, if not more, yeah. yeah. Um, but then I guess they're suggesting that, um, there's evidence that. Well, and and you know any foodie or you know chef will tell you this that how you serve the food, right? How you present presentation the food. presentation is, is, like is if if it shows up looking like poop, right? You're already forming pre yeah. pre. And by poop, ins- I just
0: meant terribly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually mean it Well, it
2: could be you know they put they put the, the lovely meal, the gourmet meal, and just stuck it in the cuisinart, and it just oh. came out brown. You know it sure. Might, it's not going to go go not, down not that, that go well. Not going to go over well. Yeah, sure. But yeah, okay. so apparently uh at least they've suggested that orange orange cups will make things taste better. In my own house, hmm. you know, I, I have a, a few mugs and I have I do have an orange one that's lovely. My favorite one is the red one. Really? I have a green one. Uh, it's not my favorite. That's yeah, right
0: over there. Yeah. That's oh. why it's over. <laughs> it's over there in the corner. Oh, bad bad mug yeah. especially now that you've read this story i know now i'm gonna think twice about it all orange all orange Chris. oh that's fascinating okay so what uh, other fun tidbits did science give us this year uh, let's see
2: uh two... oh yeah you brought this up two percent of europeans lack the genes for
0: smelly armpits i think i might be one of them what's your I'm heritage? of european descent german and english that's what i am really there's yeah. some dutch thrown in for me yeah. too. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um. Okay. Yeah, I but, but I don't uh I don't really get very pity. Mm. Like the only smell that I ever really experience coming from my pits is uh just it's like body odor right mm, like yeah. it's after days and days and days it's when i have just started to stink mm-hmm. and then yeah my But pits. there's not a like but
2: like the pits go first or like no. as quickly as possible no no
0: no no, no. Yeah. it takes a long time um so that's interesting
2: uh, this one sound this again. Speaking of crazy talk, mm-hmm. uh, this sounds crazy. But uh, women look their oldest every Wednesday at three thirty p.m. <laughs> like what? <laughs> this is just clickbait right here, right? <laughs> but this comes from the Telegraph uh... newspaper. <laughs> women look their oldest at three thirty p.m. every Wednesday. A study has found, which of course you know who's the study? What's who funded it? Clara oh. but yeah right <laughs> because that is when energy levels plummet well yeah duh when uh, work stress is at a peak so this is for a woman who works mm. in an office yeah, yeah yeah monday through friday 40 hours a week not uh not uh self-made authors not, right, not your J.K. Rowling.
0: No, no, she no. doesn't
2: look bad at Wednesday on th- at three thirty. No, so. uh, stress is at a peak, and the effects of any weekend late nights finally kick in. Now, my question is, why just women? Wouldn't men also?
0: Well, and also, it's it's it sounds like it's assuming this is this is for a younger woman who parties a lot. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah okay i don't know i don't buy it i don't buy it that one, that one, I who funds
2: these things by the way i mean uh, how and how much money went to that study not enough no. <laughs> <laughs> clearly uh, what else? what else let's see
0: did you did, were there any of the, uh no this isn't about me chris Once okay
1: all right all right
0: um, I, oh i did like the haribos oh yeah well, how did we not know this about haribo right the, the you know the 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 gummy the um the the gummy bear company. Harbo. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And uh, apparently this? it's based on the dude's uh, first and last name in the town he he grew up in. <laughs> so his first name is Hans, his last name is like Reese or something like that, and then he's from uh, Bonn, Germany. Which num- which number was that? Scroll down until you see the gummy bears. Oh, you passed him. There you go, Chris. Okay. You, uh, up. Just scroll up. Ah, scroll up. Okay. Wait for the gummy bears. Ah, Scroll. there we go. See the guy? There
2: Ooh. they are. Okay. Number 17. Haribos are so named because <laughs> of
0: founder Hans Riegel okay, yeah. and his hometown, Bonn. Yeah. Why Crazy, right? Haribo. I didn't know. I didn't I, know that's where it came from. I love naming things. I, naming is so... It it's wouldn't, the history of names. Yeah. Be a really rough one for me. Be <laughs> Furfawa. Furfawa. That's the name of my... My candy company. When I make a Gumi confection.
2: So on the basis (laughs) of Haribo's name, Chloe Chloe Jingos, predilection for luridly colored Mm. branding and corporate preoccupation with cutesy anthropomorphism, (laughs) it would be the easiest of mistakes to assume the sweet manufacturer to be Japanese. Oh, (laughs) yeah, okay. But it's not, apparently. Huh. And we found that out. This year. Thank you. That was never... So that was never known? That was not known. Not known to the public. Not known to the public, apparently. Well, this list is a little... It's a
0: little questionable. But there's more. There's more,
2: Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's good stuff. Oh, this one I knew. Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Again, if I knew it, then how good is this list? Uh, Anyway, (laughs) the two Steves belonged to a group of hackers and hobbyists called the Homebrew Computer Club. Oh, wow. And here's something super, super fascinating that I did not know. But we can... We owe thanks to every single device in our pocket and on our desktop to, this is absolutely true, okay. to a whistle in a Captain Crunch box. I beg your pardon. Yes.
0: How is that possible?
2: It, the, okay, so this was years ago. Uh, well, I mean, not even too long ago. They were putting you know prizes in, in um, children's cereal. They still do, by the way. They still do, yes. Uh, a Chewbacca pen the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah. I had a, 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 Mar- a, a Marvin the Martian pen uh-huh. from a box of something once. Oh, okay, I yeah. think I still have it. Yeah, yeah. Oh no! I mean, of course, everyone's everyone's seen the toys. Think, there it is. <laughs> yeah, it's right over there, <laughs> sitting in my office. So, but apparently, this was in the '70s. There was a um, a whistle that came in a box of Captain Crunch. Yeah, nothing out of the ordinary. Kids, you know, got a hold of it and started blowing and uh, you know blowing it around. One kid in particular, one Mr. Steve Wozniak, took this whistle, and he discovered something curious about that, that when he blew this whistle into a telephone receiver, a live telephone receiver, Mm -hmm. he could um, basically send signals that would initiate long-distance telephone calls, (laughs) because the whistle made an... Uncanny sound that was a lot like the the, the dial tones then the no international way. dialing tones, and he found that s- some of these signals like bypassed AT and T's own like codes. So that he could dial phone numbers without getting charged for them.
0: That's amazing.
2: And this sent him off in a wild path of discovery and, you know, quote, hacking that led him to meet up with other people that were fascinated. They were called phone freaks. Yeah. And uh, a lot of them got in a lot of trouble over this. Oh, probably. I can see why. But they turned, you know, Steve and Steve, they, they met and they they turned legit after not too long and they...
0: They started you know, paying for their phone calls. Yes.
2: <laughs> well, they started doing other things with their interests <laughs> and they founded a you know, company. We should do. <laughs> but anyway, I love, I love that story. And it, it's even... Uh, there's a joke, if you remember the movie Spies Like Us with Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where... One of one of the you know I guess the Pentagon's top code breakers he's stuck in the basement doing the dirty work of some you know brown nosing uh, ladder climber and mm-hmm. but he comes the ladder climber comes down to check on his underling and and he pulls out a box he's like you know he says something about uh, these were unbreakable codes no one could break them and Dan Aykroyd's character pulls out it he's like yes and I found it in a box of Lucky Charms oh but it was my. a reference to the
0: oh, the phone hey. freaks of ah, the day that's anyway. fascinating. Were there any others? Should we call it should we we call could, it good? We could call it good. But it's actually a fun list. Um, yeah. Google uh, BBC News 100 Things We Didn't Know Last Year. Yeah. Or just look on our Facebook page during the week, and it'll pop up. That's what we do. Yeah. We post things on Facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. And if you'd like to comment on anything Ooh. that you've heard you, on the podcast, you can you can do it there. Or I, what Just was this? one more. One just more, one more. Okay. Okay uh god's bones oh
2: was the sweariest expression in medieval times (laughs) and that is something we did not know know until this year so uh holy shit a brief history of swearing uh is the article and apparently god's bones was the worst thing you could have
0: said during the medieval times. That's that's, that's amazing. Well, if you have something awful you'd like to say to us, (laughs) um, you can send us an email uh, to podcast at thankgodimetheist.com, or you could leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. We're going to listen now to, uh, well, we're going to take a quick break. And while we do so, we're going to listen to Richard Dawkins, not saying a thing, but he's in the video. Uh, and he's in the room when Sydney Archbishop uh, George Pell, he's a Roman Catholic cardinal, um, is uh, on a program in Australia. Actually, well, he's in Sydney. Or from, he's from Sydney, um, but the the name of the program is Q and A, uh, and this is a lovely little bit. Richards doesn't have, to, or not Richards. Richard Dawkins doesn't have to say a thing uh, during this, uh, at least this part of their exchange, because uh, the archbishop uh, takes care of his own arguments.
3: And so, for some extraordinary reason, uh, God chose the Jews. They weren't intellectually the equal of either the Egyptians uh, or the... uh, uh, Intellectually? Intellectually, morally... How can you know intellectually? uh, Because, you see, the fruits of their civilization. Uh, uh, Egypt was the great power for thousands of years before uh, Christianity. Persia was a, a great power. Chaldea. Uh, the, the poor, the little Jewish people, they were originally shepherds. They were stuck, they're, they're still stuck but that's between a, these that's, great that's, powers. that's not
4: a reflection of your intellectual capacity, is it, whether or not you're a shepherd?
3: Well... <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's not, but it's a, it's a recognition, it is a reflection of your intellectual development. But like many many people, are very very clever and not uh, uh, not highly intellectual. But my point but, is, that sorry,
4: can I just interrupt? Are you including Jesus in that, who obviously was Jewish and uh, was of that was of that community? Exactly. So intellectually, not up to it. Uh, <laughs> uh,
3: uh, uh, well, that's that's a nice try, Tony. Uh, uh, the the people.
0: So yeah, so that's the voice of the moderator that we hear, other than the so bishop. so yeah, Dawkins remains. He remains silent. silent. He didn't need to <laughs> say no, anything. No. It was never the. Eventually, in the clip, it does end up going to Dawkins. I can't remember what he ends up saying, but yeah, the um, remarkable what this man is saying about God's chosen people. Mm-hmm. He chose these people, but they were not, they were not the brightest. Wow. <laughs> Well, they um, needed help. They needed They help. needed God's help. Yeah. God works in mysterious ways. Mhm. As they say. If there's anything we've learned <laughs> from this the, podcast through, through the years. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So anyways, um well, we did have some correspondence this week. Um the the first thing that I thought we could go to, well, we have an email that I I'd like to read. Um this um Oh, poop. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Uh, This is coming to us from Mark in Calgary. Uh, He says, I'm sitting here at a Christmas Eve service with family and playing a game of trying to come up with the five most inappropriate (laughs) Bible readings that they could possibly read. Who says church can't be fun? Love the show. Happy holidays. (laughs) Why didn't I think of that? I that would have know. been a perfect game to play with my family. <laughs> so, um, so I thought we could play a little game. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. A little game, uh, and uh, let's see who could come up with the worst Bible verse uh, between the two of us. Uh, do, do you have a? Do you have one, Chris? Uh, I did a, a cursory
2: search on yeah. the internet. Okay, uh, found found a few fun fun little uh, forums. Uh here's one. Uh and I, I haven't verified these, so of course I'm just assuming it's true because it's on the internet. <laughs> of course it is. Uh happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. Psalms one thirty seven verse nine.
0: Merry Christmas. <laughs> and a good Christmas to you. <laughs> and I came up with uh Ezekiel four twelve through thirteen. And thou shalt eat it as barley cakes, and thou shalt bake it with dung that cometh out of a man in their sight. And the Lord said, even thus shall the children of Israel eat their defiled bread among the Gentiles, whither I will drive them. Whoa. Yeah. Poo bread. <laughs> in the Bible. Oh, yeah. There. And there are tons mm. of, uh, of poo uh, recipes. Verses. In, well, <laughs> well, yeah, there's poo, other poo-eating. There's um, uh, 2 Kings eighteen twenty seven, But Rabshakeh said unto them, Hath my master sent me to thy master, and to thee to speak these words? Hath he not sent me to the men which sit on the wall, that they may eat their own dung and drink their own piss with you? Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's nice stuff. Huh. Um so yeah. Well here's some uh more from
2: Ezekiel. Ezekiel's probably some good stuff. Oh it's full of full of such things. <laughs> uh for she dot, doted upon their uh paramours, whose flesh is as the flesh of asses, and whose issue is like the issue of horses. Or, issue tra- or more uh contemporary translation she lusted after her lovers, whose genitals were like those of donkeys and whose emission was like those of horses.
0: Wow. I I prefer the one I can't understand. I know it's more <laughs> poetic. It's more romantic. <laughs> huh. Okay. Well, cool. Well, hopefully, uh, Mark, that uh, helps you out the next time you find yourself in church. And what a good read a, game! Read a few of those. <laughs> that is what a, a good a game. fun game. All right, and then we have a voicemail, Um, and uh, I'm just going to play the voicemail because I think he he says what what it's all about just
5: fine. Hey, guys, this is Brian from Michigan. Just listening to your uh, uh, episode about polygamy, it kind of got me thinking a little bit about because you guys also covered some news uh, reports about the federal judge stuck Striking down the gay marriage ban in Utah, and I'm getting and I'm starting to think about it a little bit. And I got a I got maybe a little bit of a prediction, and maybe I'm way off base on this, but I would definitely not be surprised if the Mormon Church became totally okay with uh, with homosexuality and all that. In I would say probably within five to ten years. Now, here's where I'm coming from on it. Um, you know, they, they kind of drag their feet with letting black people in for a while. So I'm thinking it'd be very strategic of them to accept gay people. And if they were like one of the first major church, I mean, I know the Episcopalians and a couple other ones, but it, I mean, it'd be a big deal if they switched over and, you know, the, the Mormons themselves—I mean, they're—they're they're pretty much primed to accept doctrinal change. So I think that you know, if it's sort of like you know, I kind of came a religion where they always say, you know, yeah, the light gets brighter, and we're going to change things. So I think if you're already primed for doctrinal train doctrinal changes, it's the transition will probably not be as bad as as what most people would. Uh, perceive that it would be so i don't know just some thoughts maybe it'll happen maybe it won't not making an absolute prediction here but i definitely wouldn't be surprised all right have a good one
0: well thanks brian yeah that's a that's a really good point um yeah well he brings up a couple interesting points um the the first one that i i i kind of stuck in my head is that it would be Good for them for PR reasons to be kind of ahead of the, the, the story. If this is where history is going, and if they can identify it,
2: if, that's if a big if,
0: because but because here's the deal: the Mormon Church is 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 a is a strong believer in PR. Oh, right? yes. a strong but, uh, practice, practitioner. <laughs> but their kind their brand of PR is more about damage control mm. rather than getting ahead of. Issues and ahead of stories. They 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 seem to get PR more in, in terms of like how to best spin something that's that has been a problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, how to make a change because something is now a problem rather than preventing problems. And so I I don't have high hopes that the Mormon Church will actually um uh, get ahead of this.
1: Mm,
2: yeah, they,
0: they they don't have any historic precedent of ever really getting ahead of well, and they're so
2: things. close to being they're so near to being behind it. I right. mean, the, the proximity oh, yeah. of, they are, they're, I mean, you know, they're basically the ones who who funded Prop
0: 8 in California. Yeah. So And yet, they, you have to get a bunch of these old men to all agree that it's now time to change. Right. And that's the tough part. They're just, I, I don't see it happening maybe on that timetable, but in the long run, I it see it It could happen
2: faster. I've, I've actually predicted, um, you know, in conversations with friends, like, that it would probably be approximately 10 years after the Supreme Court rules, you know, upholds the 14th Amendment mm. and okay. you know, guarantees equal protection, which would be, you know, what, you know, twice as fast as the a church
0: warming up to, to black people. Right. But I mean, that change seems to happen quicker now. It does. Um, well, and the, and the church, I think, so, runs yeah, okay. more,
2: you know, I mean, they run more like a, like a corporation now than, you know, than they did 30 or 40 years ago. So I think that, you know, again, like you said, it is mostly motivated by damage control. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that he said that was really interesting is that um, that because the churches, you know, maybe the members are so used to um, doctrinal changes. Yeah, yeah, that's a very interesting That they might be more open to Uh that. Um, And they might also just see it as, you know, a lot of the young members are more accepting of this than the old members. In fact, since the church has started softening its position, you know, in the last 10 years, there have been tiny, subtle little softenings of of its acceptance of gay members. Right. And since that time, I don't know if this is your experience, but, like, I've seen personally the number of, like, self-identified gay Mormons Mm. grow by... Truly 1,500%, Yeah, which was unheard of before. You know, like, it, you, if you were gay, you were not Mormon for long. Right. And now right. there's people who— well, because just the mere fact that you were gay could get you kicked out of the church. Yeah. And now they're like, well, we don't know what to do with you, but as long as you don't act
0: on it, you can stay. But, right. but I think that, you know, well, again, I, it's— I haven't heard anecdotally that there are missionaries— Oh, in yeah. the field who are open about their, the fact that they're, so these young men who are gay, they're just being
3: celibate. Well, it, well, it, I mean, but that makes sense to be.
2: though. Right. Yeah. Because it, again, if you're in the church and you're gay and the, your bishop is going to uh-huh. ask you to maintain your celibacy, uh-huh. but I, I uh, it makes sense. A mission would be the perfect prescription. Like, go on Except a mission. Fact,
0: I'm sorry. Well, right. It, like, I
2: know the comedy of it. Like, <laughs> go live with another man for 24 hours a day.
0: It's sort of his physical peak.
2: Yes, yes. But, you know, I mean, this is how they think. They're like, oh, well, a mission will solve that. You know, it'll bring you closer to God and it'll bring you, you know, further away from these temptations. Right. But I don't know. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
2: I see, I personally see a, 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 bizarro alternate reality a universe where the Mormon church in 10 or so years just fully comes around to the gay issue and they By fully comes around what do you mean though like do you mean like temple I mean like come marriages. make an eternal gay family with us and give us 10% of your income
0: Gross. and adopt and a child through yeah. LDS family services yes, yeah. adopt this teenage mother's mm-hmm. this unwed mother's child, mm-hmm. and give it a good home.
2: I I don't know how it's going to happen. I mean, it it's seems gonna like the Lord's a, plan. It well, it will. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when that happens, it will have been His plan all along. <laughs> Again, it just took
0: us a while to to
2: figure it out. Well, we can't comprehend it, you know. I mean, the Lord's are ways are Lord? yeah. higher ways. Yeah. But who would, but Frank, I will say this, who would have predicted gay marriage in Utah in the year 2013?
0: Well, what I would not have predicted and what still would have been a very long ways away would have been the people of Utah making this change, but it being law that, that rose up that this was actual legal change happening from within that I never would have predicted in my lifetime. I don't think. Like, I, I, I just I, I, don't, I, I just don't see it as mm. being part of I, I mean I don't know, maybe as the rest of the country moved and like like we've said, maybe in ten years the LDS Church makes some big change, then okay, things start to change mm-hmm. uh, in in Utah um, because we have to remember this was a federal judge making a decision um, based on federal law. And yeah, and constitutionality. And con- exactly. Do, in, in other words, doing his job. Doing his job. Absolutely. I mean, you know, people are you know, the governor called him an activist. Of course, you know, judge, and or you could call the governor an activist governor <laughs> well, for trying active. to go around. I the hope judge. these people are actually doing something. So if he's active, I'm fine with it. Um, but no, he's. Um, yeah, we. I mean, that's something that I do think we need to remember that the 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 importance of this isn't that it was utah it's that it's the first state that that don't that the supreme court's striking down of doma and that decision it's the application of that decision that happened earlier this year mm-hmm. that's what this is that's why it's so big and so important right. and
2: it just, and it just so to happened be in that it was utah right it
0: just so happened that we have a very well organized gay community mm-hmm. and they there there are financial backers of this community who are very wealthy people mm-hmm. who've been able to really push this and keep it organized. And, and, and we've got great, um, gay community organizations in, in, in this, in this town. And they wanted to get married and these people wanted to get married. And so there were the resources and the push and the political will here locally to, 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 to push it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and so that, that's, that's why it happened in Utah. It's just that, their communities organized and it was the first, but it was the first one. Well here, and that, and so the toppling that we're going to see, it's not going to be because the, the, the people have changed so much. Mm-hmm. It's going to be because the law of, is being enforced. Right. The, the constitution of the United States is being right. enforced in each of these states, the law of the land. Yeah. Well, here's an
2: interesting idea. And that is that at least in terms of the the church's relationship to black people, Who they came out recently. And just to clarify, we never thought that they were cursed. (laughs) I don't know where these rumors got started. Retroactive. Yes, indeed. Retroactively, we never believed it. Right. Did you believe it? No, I never believed it. it.
0: Well, then, okay then. (laughs) We never believed it.
2: So, but in terms of the church's relationship to black people, here's here's an interesting thing. And a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good legal. uh, you know, precedent to to make the case between, you know, like things like interracial marriage and and gay marriage and so on and so forth, but in terms of the church's relationship, in 1970 and you know 1960, there weren't a lot of black people who wanted to convert to be Mormonism, and right. let's be clear, they would have to be converts. You know, these were not, there was no black families, you know, that, I mean, there might have been one, and I'm sure it's the subject of a movie of the week, but there might (laughs) have been one black family who crossed the plains and settled in the Utah Valley, (laughs) you know, 150 years ago. But in terms of gay people, Uh the Mormons give birth to 5 to 10% gay people every single year.
0: Yeah just like everybody just like everybody as they have a lot more kids yeah than oh everybody yeah.
2: and there's yeah the higher chance that the, one of their kids yeah. will be gay if you have 10 children one of them's gay
0: oh two of them two most most cases of those big mormon families where you got one you got two
2: and or I mean, it's I in know the so many of family yeah. you know like a cousin or a nephew yeah. or somebody some you know in any family there's a handful the, of gay that's people that's why
0: the people of utah will eventually exactly their attitudes will topple to, right. to 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 be supportive right of gay rights and gay people well, in general and and when you look at the you know and
2: accepting like, so if I'm a kid and I'm living in some you know rural Utah county and my you know everywhere I look is just a you know, crushing oppressive Mormonism. Right. But I see these, you know, warming signs, Mm -hmm. you know, and gay, gay marriage is now legal in the state. And, you know, maybe the Supreme Court in a, in a year or or 10 will vote, you know, like this is the law of the land. And so now, and, and, you know, and also the internet, like I'm not, I'm not really isolated. You know, I can find like-minded people around me or, you know, in other, in other states. And so more and more, just like i said you know just a personal observation right the percentage of of gay mormons self-identify gay mormons have grown to 1500% i think that's going to make this transition happen much more quickly mm-hmm. and also just because like you said change things change mm-hmm. more rapidly these days so i honestly i wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the decade i don't know quite what it will be but i i guarantee you we'll look back and we can do another podcast and say Look, you know, this actually happened. I I, I guarantee you something wacky hmm. will will change with both, you know, the Mormon Church's official
0: stance on on gays and also hmm. culturally, you know, the- Well maybe Thomas S. Monson will come out of the closet. Yes. <laughs> he, always, that be great? he always struck me a little hmm. a little queer. Well Le- yeah. A little, Didn't he a little fruity, yeah. Yeah. There's something about him. He's harboring something. He's, har- he's harboring dark secrets <laughs> a dark passenger
1: no
2: wouldn't that be great a one one, one gay apostle yeah why not why not it would why represent no? it diversity they'll have the one black one they'll have the one gay
0: one uh uh-huh. yeah. they'll have the one uh one woman yeah yeah represent all, of, all the, of the token the, t- the token <laughs> representatives yeah well who knows um yeah so but just moving on we should probably move on Um, we, um, well, this week, earlier this week, I had the opportunity to talk on the phone with uh, Christopher Johnson. Uh, he is the author, uh, well, he's a photographer. It's, it's, it's really, uh, what, what this is, um, it's a, um, it's a coffee table book, um, called A Better Life 100 Atheists Speak Out on Joy and Meaning in a World Without God. So there's, there's, uh, Chris's, uh, photography uh throughout the book he was able to uh travel the world really um and uh take portraits of of atheists wow and then they all have um a little bit like like a good coffee table book a little photography coffee table book um it's not just the photos there's also you know the text that runs with it and so it's 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 uh it looks like it's gonna be a great book i haven't actually been able to get my hands on one they're not available to the public yet uh, but they will be as of the beginning of the year you and uh, uh so this is um this is my conversation with chris thanks so much chris for uh coming on the show today
4: thanks for having me frank
0: yeah um well Maybe you could just let us, uh, let let our listeners know a little about this uh, book that you've been working on.
4: Well, it's a hardcover photography book, um, a coffee table book um, called A Better Life, A Hundred Atheists Speak Out on Joy and Meaning in a World Without God. And it's a, a book of a hundred atheists, portraits of a hundred atheists from around the world and the different ways that they have joy, meaning, and purpose in their lives.
0: Hmm. And and this started with Kickstarter. You you, is that how you got the you kind of funded the project?
4: Yeah, I funded through Kickstarter, and uh, it was a a two month uh, fundraising process Mm -hmm. and uh, very stressful, obviously as fundraising is. Um, But yeah, it turned out really well. It's very successful and uh, uh, raised over the amount uh, that I was looking for, and it it turned out really well. Yeah.
0: Cool, and I mean the 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 your your. Your press release um, or your press page talks about how it was one of the largest uh, publication fundraisers ever. I mean, that that really speaks to a a high demand for for something like this. Yeah,
4: when we were funded, um, it was the second highest grossing publishing project at that time. Wow, Kickstarter had ever done.
0: That's remarkable. Wow, that's really cool. And so then then so you get the funding, and then you you go out to take the photos, and uh, and and you end up. I mean, the book contains names that everybody's going to recognize, right? Like Richard Dawkins, Dan Dennett, Penn and Teller, Julia Sweeney, uh, Darren Brown. But you you ended up talking to just regular folk as well. I'm 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 kind of curious about the criteria that you set for for uh, including people. Like, what what was your goal, like, with that?
4: My goal was to show the atheist community as being as diverse as possible. Mm-hmm. I wanted to show that we're not just um, kind of uh older white men college professors. Right. Um and uh I mean those are I mean they're great, but um uh, that's often what people think about when they think of atheists and I wanted to make it um make people think of more of a diverse group of people. We're not just college professors, we're, we're doctors, we're um musicians, we're mm-hmm. uh, airline pilots You know, Mm -hmm. all all kinds of different things. And so I really wanted to show a diverse group of people, um, so that when people think of atheists, not only do they not think of, um, us, uh, kind of just being this marginalized, angry group of people, Mm -hmm. um, but that we also have in addition, um, experiences which give us joy, the things that give us joy and, um, you know those those things that we have that that are important to us because i think that's often not not shown um i think the anger is important definitely you know the the issues that are that are affecting atheists today the civil rights issues that affect atheists um are important to talk about mm-hmm. and you know rightfully get people upset and i think that's you know i think that's okay i think that's fine like i get upset about these things too <laughs> right. um, but well, in addition i think we also need to show the other sides of us so people don't think of us as just being sort of um single faceted do you know do you know what i mean
0: right no I, I i totally do and uh you know that's something that that dan and i try to do with with the podcast is what we try to um you know we try to be friendly and and funny and (laughs) just trying to be a a different than you know than 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 people might expect but but like you said you know we get angry you know we we get upset and we uh but but i think that that's a good thing as well that that ultimately that pushes you to action right um i think i i you know like Anger seems to be the underlying theme of <laughs> my civic involvement, actually, when I think about yeah, gay I, rights or uh, atheism and, you know, promoting atheism. It's really about that 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 first moment, and then you have to figure out how to put a face on it, you know?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Greta Christina did a really great job with um, why, are, why Are You Atheists So Angry
0: mm-hmm.
4: um, with her book. Yeah, um, yeah, we
0: had her on the show talking about it. <laughs>
4: Oh, great! She, yeah, she's in in my book as well, and um, she. I mean, I think she uh, talks about these issues um, in a way that I think is more understandable for people. To uh-huh. um, show that anger is not necessarily a bad thing, and it can be a good thing. Right. Um, and I'm kind of taking that a step further in a way, and saying, yes, the anger is important, and that's you're right. That's what motivates us many times. Um, you know, the injustices and and the Civil rights issues and things like that, um, and we should embrace that. and mm. uh, And I, I don't think we should shy away from it. I'm not. I'm not advocating for any kind of, you know, positive thinking movement or any you know, let's all just be happy all the time.
0: <laughs> A little too. That's kumbaya. not what this book is.
4: <laughs> right, right. That, that's not what this book is trying to be. You know, to show that we're all happy all the time. I mean, they're, they're uh, you know, life is difficult. Life is mm-hmm. is often difficult for people, for many people, for all of us. Um, and, uh, and we should talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we should also talk about, um, the things that are important to us, things that make us happy. Um, so we should talk about everything. Right. Um, and, uh, and so I think talking about the beautiful things, talking about the wonderful things is also important. And so that's why I wanted to do uh, a
0: project like this. Right. Well, who, who's the the target audience for the book? I mean, I, I would assume that the support on Kickstarter probably came largely from the atheist community. Um, but, but where do you, where do you hope this book winds up, I guess?
4: On every single coffee table in the Um Yeah. You know, just something small like that. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, that's a really good question about target audience because you're right. I think many of the people on Kickstarter were atheists, um, or people who identify with uh, the secular movement.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
4: but uh, there are religious people who appreciate a project like this as well
1: hmm.
4: um, and embrace it and think it's a, a it's a, a well needed uh, thing right now. Um,
0: do you have, do you have any uh, e- examples uh, of, of, of um, supporters who are or are, are Christian or religious that have um, purchased a copy of the book?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I, have, um, I, I have friends of mine who are religious who are very excited about this project, uh-huh. um, who, who would have bought copies already, and uh, uh, probably not just because I'm involved, but because they, they think, oh, it's a really cool project. You know, a lot of religious liberals um, and progressives um, see this as uh, a civil rights issue. You mm-hmm. see, oh, there's this group that is often... Uh, demonized. And mm-hmm. here's a project that shows that they, uh, they're not, you know, eating babies and that's important. <laughs> right. And yeah. that's great. And of course, of course they can have joy in their life and meaning in their life without God. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the, the so the, the liberals and the progressives are, 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 saying that I think that's important.
0: That's awesome. Um, well you, you, you traveled far and wide, I guess you could say to to mm-hmm. collect all these photos. Um, tell us some of the places that you went and, and, and some of the people that, the kinds of different people that you met in those sort of far off places.
4: Yeah. I mean, I really went all the way from my own backyard to, you know, across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are far more places I would have liked to go. Um, but, uh, uh, I was so happy to go to the places I did. Um, uh, You know, everything from Yosemite National Park in California and swimming in San Francisco Bay, um, you know, to the English countryside, to Ireland, Germany, um, and kind of everywhere in between in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Madison, Wisconsin, St. Paul, Minnesota, Chicago, uh, down in Texas, down in Austin. um, Seeing much of the country and seeing the country parts that you wouldn't think have a vibrant atheist community. Austin, for example, Mm -hmm. has a fantastic atheist community. Oh, yeah. Um, They have the Atheist Experience TV shows down there, and Mm -hmm. just a wonderful group of people um, committed to, um, you know, showing how great the lives of atheists can be. So I I spent about two weeks in Austin, um, which is a great town.
0: Wow. That's cool. Um, So uh, in the book – the i mean it's a coffee table book so it's it's about the photographs but there's but, photo, but often overlooked in a coffee table book is the copy that's that accompanies the photographs and i I'm, I'm wondering if you could talk about that a little bit because the the samples that that i was able to read um you know they're they're in the first person so they're coming from the person who was photographed and uh, and i'm wondering how did did you did you did you have a set prompt or or how did you guide people to um to, to, to write about the the topics that they chose?
4: Well, in some cases, the, the written copy is, uh, written by the person. Uh, Uh, in other cases, it's, uh, a transcription from my interview with them. Oh, okay. So it's, you know, selected pieces from the interview taken and put together. Um, and then I send it to them to, to edit and and add things or take things away. Mm. So it depends on the person. Um, but really, I mean, my goal is to try to make each one as, as different as possible and to talk about something specific related to them, mm-hmm. um, which was important. So, um, and it wasn't, I, I didn't really want to make it the place for you know, theological arguments or, you know, arguments against why they're, you know, against the existence of God or anything like that. Right. Um, I really wanted people to talk about, you know, what, what's important to them. And, uh, and I was really happy with how things turned out through the interviews and through the, uh, the written submissions that people, people provided. Uh, they were really unique and interesting and talking about everything from, you know, saving people's lives to the beauty of kaleidoscopes uh, <laughs> to, you know, walking the Camino de Santiago in, in Spain, which is a, religi- a religious pilgrimage, um, all kinds of different things. And I think having diversity like that um, is really important. And uh, and and also hopefully interesting for people too. You know, they can sit and look at this and and kind of thumb through and read different different pieces. It's supposed to be light, supposed to be interesting, supposed to be entertaining, and and hopefully, and I think it is. And you know, I've spent you know years of my life with this. So if I think it is, hopefully other people will too.
0: Oh, cool. Uh, well, let's turn the table on you. Like, what what brings you joy as an atheist?
4: Uh everybody asks me that question now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I don't really necessarily have a set answer on that one. Um, Relationships are very important to me. You know, my family, my friends, uh, people that I've known in my life, um, um, art. I mean, just doing a a project like this, meeting all these interesting people, learning about their lives, being welcomed into, into their homes, into their offices, into a place that's important to them is really special to me. And I really enjoyed the privilege of, having those experiences and, you know, having people invite me to get to know them, you know, Mm -hmm. many, most of these people I'd never met before in my life and simply either emailed out of the blue or called out of the blue and said, (laughs) I'm doing this project. Would you like to be involved? And, you know, they said, this sounds amazing. And, you know, um, so having people be really excited about something and validate what I'm trying to do is, is an incredible feeling for me, uh, especially, I would say, people who um, I had admired for years, you know, people who I had read their books or seen them give lectures and then and, and thought, wow, that's, that's some really great ideas.
1: Uh-huh. And then
4: to have them say, wow, this is a really great idea um, really means a lot. Yeah. And I'm really happy with how everything came together.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems like a great chance to meet people on that kind of list, isn't it? <laughs> you know, hey, I'm doing this book. <laughs> Richard Dawkins will you be involved. <laughs> um it seems like seems like a, a great excuse to meet someone. Um well all right. Well how can uh how can people buy a copy of the book if they're if they're interested?
4: Sure. Um can buy the book by going to the Um I'm also on Facebook at facebook.com slash the atheist book. Um and the book is going to be released on January 1st. Um, I'm just getting a shipment in today, actually,
1: hmm.
4: and uh, and so uh, it should be out uh, on the first. And so you can pre-order right now and make sure you can get your uh, your copy today.
0: Awesome. Well, cool. Thanks so much, Chris, for for coming on the on the show today.
4: Thank you, Frank, for having me.
0: So, anyway, so uh, yeah, that was that was the little conversation. Excellent. Yeah, um, it was um, that was it was it was a nice little chat to, to chat with him he's he seems like a a good guy who's um really trying to make some good change for atheists in general well chris i think that's our show thank you so much for uh for coming on oh thank you for having me it's a it's an honor and Aww. a pleasure oh um and uh if you'd like to join the conversation this week uh dear listener you can do so by going to facebookcom Atheist and liking us or you can email us at podcast at thinki'matheist or you can leave us a voicemail at four two four six 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 eight four four two. We didn't get to thanking donors this week. Um, we'll do that when Dan gets back. I don't know how to. I don't even know where to look to find that information. I have to say. So in in um, PayPal, the it's papacy's somewhere... most loved and <laughs> loved way to pay. It's somewhere in PayPal, uh, which of course I have access to, but I've never really gotten to involved in that so uh we'll just we'll just wait till next week so if if there were donations this week uh thank you um and uh we'll thank you by name next week and also as always we do like to thank the red rock hot club for letting us use their music at the beginning and the end of the show and uh, of course we have to always extend a big thank you to Mackenzie who tends uh facebook Ooh. for us so uh, thank you Mackenzie. so all right well thanks a lot for listening and uh have a good week yeah, thanks. Bye-bye.